0: Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry, episode 247. I'm your host, Jared White. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dominic Orlando. It's Kiwi season.
1: E3. Key E3. 3.
0: E-Keeley. What did we call E-E- it last E-K- week? e 3 lee e 3 lee uh, Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, big show. We didn't record last week because a bunch of things were happening with all the events. We figured we'd wait till this week and cover, you know, our favorite announcements. Uh from this past week. We had some big events. We had the Summer Game Fest Showcase. We had the Xbox Bethesda showcase. We had the PlayStation State of Play. We had Future Game Show. We had a bunch of stuff. Um, so the way we're going to work it out is we're going to start by grading the big three shows, which are Summer Game Showcase, Xbox Bethesda Showcase, and PlayStation State of Play. And then we're going to go over our favorite announcements, reveals, and games from the show. And then we're going to go over our predictions, which some of them uh based on the circumstances of the events, which we'll get into now that we're going to be grading them. Uh, it kind of left us out to dry a little bit. Um, I guess overall, just not, no show specifically, Dom, La- th- this last week, are you, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, or kind of in between?
1: For everything?
0: Yeah, just, do you think, was there enough there for you personally that you are like, oh yeah, this is a thumbs up, I'm, I'm looking forward to games for the next year or so?
1: Well, yes. I, I, I okay. I'm. That felt like two different questions. Yes, I'm definitely looking forward to games for the next year ish. Um but we can't I don't think we can judge this past week without the context of what E three week used to be like in yeah. recent or in past years. So compared to a lot of the past years when you know there's a lot more big publishers doing conferences. Uh it just kinda doesn't really compare. Um uh, It's a
0: victim of circumstance, right? Because exactly. of like with COVID and everything, it just seems like this is the off year. This is the bye week. If we're talking in terms of you know sports, um, yeah, and I guess we'll get into it with the grading. But yeah, I guess in, compared to other E threes, it definitely didn't feel as as grand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there was enough to justify it at least. Oh, uh, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start off with. I'm gonna go in order of my lowest grade to the highest grade, and then you can bounce off of me and tell me where you grade. I'm going by letter grades here. So Summer Game Fest, I give it a C. Uh, so. I start off with the expectations were set accordingly. You know, Jeff Keighley came out and said, hey, we're mostly going to be talking about games that are already announced. Even during the beginning of the show, he was like, you're not going to get everything you want. Just understand that. Um, But with that, even though expectations were set accordingly, uh, I think if they weren't set accordingly, this would have probably been a D for me or maybe even an F. But because they were set accordingly, that bumps it up quite a bit. But the reason I knock it so much is that there weren't any big surprises. Um, obviously the last of us part one leaking before the show by PlayStation didn't help them at all. Uh, but even then I think if that game wasn't leaked. Sure. It would have been a neat surprise, but it, I don't think it would have saved the show, you know? Um, and speaking of that, the other thing that kind of knocked it down a bit, uh, outside of not having any big surprises is that as cool as, and we'll get to it later, probably with one of us as cool as the naughty naughty dog block of announcements. were, talking about, you know, the the remake, and the show, and what's coming next from Naughty Dog, and even their multiplayer game. It still ended weird, right? It was like, we're fit. we are we talked for like 15 minutes, and then it's over. And there was nothing, no one more announcement or nothing after that. They didn't end with the trailer. Um, so it kind of ended on a dud as well. So I want to give it a C. I don't want to be too harsh in it, because I do think for the circumstances of what was happening, it was a good show. But when compared to what Jeff Keighley has done in the past... Um, I don't think it was great. And the only reason for me that it gets a passing grade of a C is because he set the expectations. But just because he set the expectations doesn't mean it can't still be disappointing. Um, so that's so otherwise, Summer show, game Fest showcase for me.
1: Because otherwise I could tell you, well, come watch the Doms game showcase. There won't be any games. And I wouldn't disappoint you. My expectations were <laughs> accurate. But you'd be like, well, why the hell am I here?
0: <laughs> yeah anyway. yeah what are your thoughts on Summer Game Fest Did you, are you closer to me or you, where would you grade it uh, probably about the same um, maybe,
1: maybe closer to a C plus just because after further inspection uh, there were some cool smaller games in the middle for sure that I actually was really into and as I went back and watched um, some demos for some things um, and some you know, further gameplay and some of that stuff I was like oh wow there's actually some stuff in here that was really cool um, but yeah, there definitely not only was there nothing, you no know, real big surprises, but the way that it, the whole thing just feels awkward, like the way it's edited wasn't doesn't seem like it's um, made for like a shocking reveal. It's just sort of like, oh, here's Neil Druckmann, kind of he's just standing there with you know, and so I guess we're gonna hear about The Last of Us, which again, even if we didn't know about it got you know if it didn't get leaked ahead of time, it still wasn't like a Ah, cool moment. It was just there they are, and, and then the announcements they had themselves. Um uh, we I could talk a lot more about that, but it was to me, a, a mostly just dis- kind of disappointing. but um, yeah, like you said too, they you know, Jeff set the expectations ahead of time, and so that that makes it all easier to swallow. I don't know, I, I, I feel a tiny bit like maybe he should have said that a week in advance or two weeks in advance instead of what I feel like maybe was just trying to capitalize on the marketing and the buildup, but then last minute like, well, but just, you know, chill out a little bit, you guys, but everyone's already been getting hyped and they're going to watch it anyway. It's, I, I don't know. It feels odd. Maybe say that earlier, but it was an okay show.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree with you on all those points. Next up, we got the Xbox Bethesda showcase and I gave this one a B plus. Um, I thought it was really good. The pacing was great. The uh, awesome variety of games game pass is insane obviously like almost every i think almost every game in that showcase was coming to game pass on day one uh so much gameplay right that was a big criticism Xbox has had it was like you guys show off dope games and there is some gameplay but we want more gameplay we don't think you guys show enough gameplay and they took that in and a majority of that show was gameplay which was mm-hmm. pretty awesome um for me the one knock he gets from being an a is the lack of hard dates Um, A lot of it, even if it was, like, we would get, like, November 2022 or October 2022, which is fine, but even then, it's like, well, if you're giving us a month, why not just give us, like, a date? It's so weird. you might as well. Um, They have it picked out internally,
1: almost certainly, if they have that month, right? Why not? Exactly.
0: Uh, As uh, dope as Starfield was, which we'll get to, obviously, later, I do think they suffered the same thing as Summer Game Fest, where there wasn't any, like, one last thing, which I think would have really popped as well. Um, but it, overall, it was still a great show. Like I gave it a B plus. I think it was really good. Just a few minor knocks that would knock it down from that A tier. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, plenty of stuff. Um, I, for me, in terms of the highest percentage of games I'm interested in from a showcase, this one was probably it. Uh, I think also because it showed so much gameplay as well. So yeah, for me, the Xbox was as a showcase B plus.
1: Yeah, I'm probably like a B. Um. This was a really good show. It, but it's the same thing. Like their past couple before this were even better. Right? So they Yeah. They, they set the bar too high for themselves, which had Redfall and Starfield not been delayed and they were able to well, we already had a Starfield date, but you know, had they been able to give a Redfall date of like, you know, September or something or October or something, that would have bolstered it even more cuz you can kind of feel it, Kind of, you can kind of feel where that was missing they were counting on having you know that the Redfall date announcement probably at this show which would have like gave it a little more splash because otherwise yeah there wasn't too much that was like big surprises in this one either what they did show like was really really good ton of gameplay like you said although i i will give them persona uh, was kind of a cool surprise and you know, and kojima played.
0: i mean we knew about it because we oh, followed yeah. leaks and stuff but kojima was a pretty big surprise too that's a good point point. Uh, and um, that
1: was that, that's a weird one because like all right that's cool um who knows what the heck this is going to be using yeah x cloud but in i some, in some way but it's it's cool for them to sh- be able to show that off I'm like yeah guess who's working with us you guys
0: yeah he's turned to the dark side which is a pretty big thing in and of itself him not being on a sony stage right and being with xbox mm-hmm. is kind of wild I think the biggest surprises of the show were the structure in that they came on and said, we're only talking about games that are releasing in the next 12 months, um, which is huge. And we're showing a bunch of gameplay. I think those two things are the biggest surprises of the show. Um, but yeah, a pretty good show. And then PlayStation State of Play is my highest graded. I have it as an A. Um, they showed off the RE4 remake. They showed off Final Fantasy 16 gameplay. They showed off Street Fighter VI. I mean, all three of those games I'm not necessarily super interested in, but them having those reveals, that's what E3 is all about. Uh, they showed off the Callisto Protocol for the first time. They, they gave us a stray release date and showed off extended gameplay for that. They announced Spider-Man coming to PC. Um, they showed off the Horizon VR game for PSVR 2. It was a lot of good stuff. Um, once again, I don't think there was anything crazy shocking. I think you can make an argument for RE4 Remake even then, uh, but obviously with the rumors and stuff. But overall, it was a really well-paced show. They didn't spend too much time on VR. They got that out of the way at the top of the show. Um, and they also set expectations accordingly. Mm-hmm. But in that same breath, they delivered a lot of surprises. So for me, I think it's a solid A. Um, despite me not maybe being interested in everything they showed, I just think for the number of surprise, uh, not maybe not surprise, but reveals they had was really solid. Which, going into this, viewer told me, hey, Jared, do you think the state of play is going to be the overall best constructed thing this week, I would probably say probably not. It'll probably be good, but I don't know if it could contend. <laughs> yeah. And it ended up being the best one. So,
1: yeah, I'm a little lower on it. I was, I'm probably more like a B. Okay. There was just because Resident Evil Four is really cool. That's obviously like important. I'm pretty sure they've gotten like every Resident Evil, you know, reveal past like four games or something, at Sony showcases. So it's kind of I think I feel like a more more expected, and obviously we knew that game existed and was coming and and all that kind of stuff, but we get a date, which is cool Um, but i maybe I would be closer to an A had they kept the last of us within their showcase instead of you know putting That's that out yeah summer game fest, and if it was uh priced appropriately and packaged <laughs> appropriately, um we can get into more of that at some point, but. Yeah, I think not even though like they did set expectations accordingly. Again, I still think that's not having like a a really good first party hit kind of pulls it down just a little bit to make it, you know, be as good be as great even right like 80 some percent or whatever. Um, So it's still great, you know, a lot like um, I think Microsoft or Xbox had um, more to show and more I was interested in too, Um, but Sony had like, I don't know. Maybe the couple bigger titles. More marquee stuff. Yeah, Final Fantasy 16, um, which we talked about. Like, I'm not super impressed with it myself either, but that feels like a big deal. Resident Evil is a big
0: deal. Street Um, Fighter VI, which is crazy that it was revealed by PlayStation, but this one's coming to Xbox now, which is huge for that game because Street Fighter V was PlayStation exclusive, and it kind of hurt the community.
1: Yeah, so, or even imagine if they had had um, some of the Final Fantasy stuff that got announced today. Back yeah. In the Sony state of play, that could have been something that really elevated it too. Like, you know, that remake part two with PlayStation only, like, that would have been like, like knock your socks off. Like, Sony, you know, that would have been like a Sony E3 from, you know, 2016, 17, or 18, like some of those years when they were really great. But that's why I still say it was, it was, it was great, but still just a B. So, really, pretty good show.
0: Yeah. It's, kind of, it's one of those things where, like, if you go to well, I, for Xbox, for Xbox, to me, it's like a well-reviewed buffet where you gotta go, there's a little bit of everything, you gotta try everything out. They, they might not be the super like, highest quality, like you're not getting like you know elite-level stuff, but you're probably gonna enjoy everything that's there. Whereas the PlayStation State of Play was more like a fancy restaurant where you A, take a chance on ordering the food, and B, you know it's gonna be smaller portions, but it's probably gonna be higher quality. You know what I mean? So you're like, oh, how do you weigh that? Are you actually having a better experience at that place? Are you having a worse experience? in comparison to the buffet, so. Um, but, yeah, I think overall none of them were bad. Um, yeah. But it not, definitely not as, as high on them as we've been in previous years. Now let's talk about our favorite announcements, reveals, and games. So the way it's going to work is I told Dom, hey, we're going to have three categories everywhere else, Summer Games Fest and the Xbox with as a showcase. Write down up to five of your favorite things. So you could have only brought one for each of them, but no more maximum than five. I guess off the top I'm going to say what my numbers are, and then we can go to your numbers too. So I only have one for Everywhere Else. Uh, and the only reason I did that is because I almost maxed out the other two. So I have four for Summer Game Fest, and I have five for Xbox. So I figured I'd pick out and pluck the one Everywhere Else announcement that I was the highest on just so I can focus solely on that. What about you?
1: Uh, I got about five for everything. So.
0: Okay, awesome. Uh, so let's start with your everywhere else since you have more than me.
1: So I mean, some of these we already talked about since um, outside of Xbox and outside of Summer Game Fest, some of the Sony stuff we just talked about. Like, like I'm pretty excited for Resident Evil Four. <clears throat> That's like two. Was, the remake of two was really great. Three was you know a little bit less so, but still good. And seven and eight I really liked recently as well. So looking back, to the last time I played four was I don't know middle school, and I love the shit out of that game. I'm super excited for that one to finally get remade. So that to me was was pretty cool. Um, I added uh, Callisto Protocol as well because you know, like I mean, I just talked about Re- you know loving Resident Evil, so um, <clears throat> was a big Dead Space fan too. So I'm super excited for uh, Callisto Protocol as well. Um, yeah, and then there's well, one actually. Uh, so Shrey, I have Callisto I'll-
0: too, but that's for Summer Game Fest. Yeah. Specifically because of what we saw there, as opposed to what we saw at the Sony thing. But sorry, stray.
1: Yeah, good point. Because I, I was at both, but but then Stray was another one that um, from Sony's where I'm actually a dog person, but I, I like cats enough, and I don't know. I think it's a cool idea to have a game where you play as a cat. I had questions early on of like how deep can the gameplay be, or what's it going to be like, and I think it, I think it just the style that it's going for is really cool, and then I do like. As opposed to some other stuff Sony has done, has decided lately with their pricing and and subscriptions and stuff like that, I do like that this is going to be a part of PlayStation Premium or Extra, whatever the whatever tier they put this in. Um, so they're taking the like, the tiniest bit of the Xbox approach, and getting you know a game on release into one of their subscription services. Um, which I guess they've start they they started to do that a little bit with like Bug Snacks and some other smaller titles, but this is the first one that like. I don't know. For me, hit so I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that too. So I look forward to Stray. And uh,
0: the, so speaking of the PlayStation Plus thing, I was watching somebody stream it, and the craziest thing—have you learned about this whole cloud save thing? N- no. What is it? So say, for instance, you got the service and you wanted to play, uh, God of War, uh, through the service. Like, say you didn't own it for some reason, or you just wanted to. You know what I mean? and you go and load it up and you want to get your save and you're like well you know i uploaded my god of war save to the cloud i should be able to pull it down no it's actually you have to have a it's a a specific you have to upload it again to a different cloud server for playstation plus that's weird yeah instead of it just pulling from the cloud naturally it's a separate thing then you have to go and transfer it to very odd i mean we've talked about the cloud technology on playstation how it's not as seamless on Xbox where it just works, right? We talked about our experiences of playing Halo on the PC and, hey, there's my file from, like, eight years ago or whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just very odd stuff, but,
1: yeah. It feels, like, similar to how they had problems with changing PSN names for so long. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder if it's here. It's, like, they made some bad design choices, you know, earlier on with, like, the way the save files are formatted between... PS4 and PS5 versions and weird and how they move from the cloud and I don't know it seems like well, they've found another way to handcuff themselves into like bad user experience with some of this stuff.
0: I wonder if and this is just me assuming and I don't have the information I could totally be wrong but I wonder if the the core cloud stuff is Gaikai but now that they're working with Microsoft with Azure I wonder if this stuff is all Azure and maybe that doesn't communicate with each other. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it could be something like that where they're on separate yeah clouds and platforms either way it's it's the silly that some of that stuff doesn't work better when it does in other places oh well
0: so i think you've gone through four of them right you had resident evil 4 you had callisto protocol stray what am i missing so or was that three
1: yeah that was three and i'll I'll stop there because one i think was actually part of um actually no i don't know where this was shown at but it was one of those i think (laughs) other ones uh cult of the lamb um
0: that was at the Devolver Digital Showcase.
1: Okay, it was Devolver. So it wasn't Summer Game Fest. I didn't think so. Yeah, this game looks so cool. And I watched some gameplay of it. I didn't see it get announced. I didn't watch that you know, Devolver Showcase. But this game looks really cool. Really unique idea. The the, the art style, but as well as just the way it's... It's like 2D, but it's almost like Animal Crossing. Where like the world is round and you can walk. I don't know how to explain it, but if you see the gameplay for it, it'll make more sense. It's
0: like gyroscopic, I think, is the term for it, maybe. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. But it just looks really cool, and the the gameplay I watched was, I don't know, it was, it was pretty impressive. And I like its vibe and everything it's doing, so that was a cool one for me.
0: I think that's coming to Game Pass, too. I mean, at this point, what isn't, really? But, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't have that one listed, but that game did catch my too. I think when it was originally announced last year at Devolver Showcase, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I think it was supposed oh. to come out. Between last year and this year, and then obviously with COVID and everything. Um How do we know
1: it, brand new to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every trailer is brand new to somebody. So, uh, my one everywhere else, this was also at the Devolver Digital Showcase The Plucky Squire. Oh, yeah. This game is one of the most impressive looking games I saw all week. This is an action adventure game where you transition between 2D and 3D gaming experiences, very reminiscent of like Link Between Worlds or even Mario Odyssey. Um, incredible art style like it starts the trailer starts and you're playing a top-down indie game on the pages of a children's book and then he hops out and it's like you're in a toy story movie it's really cool it looks like nothing i've seen before it really caught my eye and i'm super excited for it's supposed to be coming out next year um can't wait
1: that one looks sick as well so many games
0: yeah so good uh next up we'll start with Summer Game Fest. We'll go back and forth on this one since you have what five and I have four, right?
1: Yeah. Uh actually I wrote down I think even like six or seven, but I'm gonna curate it a little as we go here.
0: And if we if we uh we'll go back and forth, but if we have the same thing, then we could just both talk about it. Yeah. So I'm gonna start off with Callisto Protocol, because you had already mentioned it earlier. Uh the difference between this and the state of play is we saw raw gameplay, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Uh not only did we get a sense of some of the no- uh, narrative storytelling with the Holograms, where it led to an actual dead body, which I thought was a cool, nice reveal. Um, we saw the severing of limbs, which looked really good. Obviously, these are from the creators' of Dead Space, um, but the detail in the severing was really good. Like you could see, like bones jutting out of the side and everything. I'm like, uh, if, if
1: someone were to like edit the sentences that you've just spoke and put it in a different context, it would look really bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, out of context, I'd sound like I'm. serial killer or something (laughs) um really cool dodge mechanic which i liked i didn't know was in this game uh there was a stomp mechanic as well that looks straight out of dead space which isn't surprising uh the coolest thing is also out of context and it's not awful uh some of the most brutal deaths like the trailer ends with him getting caught in like a grinder or something and it just shreds his body apart I love the uh, the gun that they use, the grip gun, I think it was called, where you can kind of like, grab enemies and throw them at stuff, and they can mm-hmm. get destroyed by fans and moving objects. This just looks dope. Um, obviously, at the uh, the end of June, we're going to be going over our five most anticipated and compare those to what they were before all of this happened. And spoiler alert, Callisto Protocol might be at the top of the list, but it's definitely going to be in there. I think this is one of the best-showing games all this week. Uh, the, we may have saw it numerous times, but every time there was a little bit something more to uh, grab our interest, and in. I'm super excited. I cannot wait for the Yeah, I know. Same here,
1: man. Oof. Yeah, always with like that felt very Dead Space too, with the, the um, the, like the the part of Dead Space where all the weapons were really unique and creative. Um, it felt like the same thing here with that. Yeah, that kind of push, that push gun thing was pretty cool.
0: I think this is even more survival horror than dead space though. Like, especially some of the scenes where you see him walking and he passes by like a corpse attached to the wall and it like blinks and looks at him like some of that stuff. And maybe I'm just not remo- remembering dead space as fondly. And maybe it's just that technology has gotten better. So the visual fidelity is making it even creepier, but I'm glad to see this return to, you know, horror roots. So can't wait. Uh, what's your first one? Um,
1: I'm going to throw one out that I, that I, it was just really weird and but as I watch more gameplay I'm like this is this is cool as hell called Metal Hellsinger uh oh yeah it f- feels like very much oh, taking a lot from the recent Doom games but more emphasis on the music it's more like a rhythm game or like as you you know you're really first person really fast going through this hell type world and just killing demons like melee attacks and guns and if you do it like to the beat like if each bullet or each slash you know is to the beat you kind of like get certain combos chained and start powering up and all that sort of stuff and then as you do it too like to the beat the music starts to kick in more and i don't know it just it's really like mesmerizing even just i was just watching someone play and i there's a demo too so i downloaded the demo i haven't touched it yet but um i look forward to that cause it it looks like it doesn't look look visually as good as as doom you know it's, it feels like a tiny bit lower budget and i think it's even like a uh, you know, not a full price game either but <clears throat> this was a uh, a really cool twist on on the doom games and i don't know i just i thought it looks really well the like fact that they
0: hired it. all of those like talented vocalists to make original music for it is super sick yeah. And yeah, to your point, something I didn't notice is the better your combos are, the more layered the song becomes. Right. So it starts out very right. simple and then it becomes more and more layered until when you're like at maximum combo, that's when the vocalist comes in and starts singing and yeah. you start just getting oh it looks so cool. Yeah. Uh you wanna go next? Or do you want me to go? Um let's see. actually, you know, I got I got a thread here. You talked about Doom. Uh this they announced it by saying Mick Gordon is composing this game. And if you're not familiar with Mick Gordon, he's the one who did all of the music for Doom, Doom Eternal, and the Wolfenstein games. Um obviously seems like id Software and him had a falling out recently after Wolfenstein 2. We had that in the news, obviously, of them like not maybe working together again. Um, but obviously he's super talented, he's from Australia. Uh Routine is the game that he was unveiled with, and that's yeah, uh on my list too. A- First person sci-fi horror game. So I didn't know this, but everyone's like, oh, wow. Routine popped up again. I was like, oh, this is like a re-reveal. This game was originally revealed in 2012, Dom. And then it disappeared. Uh, Development, Turmoil, all that stuff. And now it's back with a new publisher. And it looks really dope. I think that's one thing where maybe some people were lower on the Summer Game Fest showcase if they weren't into sci-fi horror because that was definitely the genre of the show. There was maybe like four or five games. I doubt neither either of us will talk about the one with Troy Baker and uh, the voice actor uh, that did Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Two. His name's escaping me. Um, yeah, I don't remember but they announced a game called uh, Fort Solace, where they just talked about the game. We didn't really see too much of it, but that was also another sci-fi horror game. Routine looks cool. It's creepy. Um, I think it has parts of Five Nights at Freddy's in a good way. I know whenever anybody brings up that game, it, it people are like, ah, oh, that weird kid game. Um, but the robots are very creepy. They have weird mouths. Um, this to me seems more like a true survival stealth horror game, where you kind of maybe want to avoid a lot of the stuff you come across, as opposed to Callisto Protocol, where you have a gun and you're probably going to be fighting them. Though this one. You have a gun, but it's unclear what the gun does. It looks more like a stapler or, like, a analyzer than an actual, like, firearm. Yeah. I was um, thinking it
1: looked almost like a camera or something.
0: Yeah, true. Ooh, that'd be creepy if, like, you aim it at things and they stop moving. But the moment you move it away, they can move. That'd be pretty creepy. Mm. Um, but this game looks cool. I think the visual fidelity was surprising. Uh, there's a part where you're walking down these broken escalators and, like, the light breaks and hits the wall Whoa. and the... Yeah. The uh, it's it just so good. It caught me by surprise. I'm super excited for. It. You said it's on your list too. So, what caught yeah. your eye about routine? The
1: the vibe of it was just is quiet. There wasn't like ominous music. It was just quiet. And then yeah, you hear that that light break or whatever, and then just like oh, but then it the mood it set was just so it's just so scary and like just just by like there's just nothing and visually it looked so incredible like probably one of the best looking bits of gameplay you'll ever see visually but i don't know the way the lighting i don't know i just thought It just looked really really fancy All i can say um but yeah same thing as a as bunch of the other games i've talked about like I, I like horror man like scared the shit out of me and i'm a fan apparently that sounds weird but <laughs>
0: I totally wouldn't be worried if this was a smaller scope game, too, where it's like maybe a three to four hour experience and maybe it's Mm -hmm. not a full price game because I'd be down for that as well. Just like you said, uh, or as the kids say on TikTok these days, the vibes were immaculate, you know, just (laughs) from the beginning to the end, which is weird that they they started by promoing Mick Gordon, because to your point, it was very quiet and somber. It wasn't like action packed, which you'd expect him being attached to for it to be. And it wasn't that. Maybe be, just maybe his experience with sound design in general is why they asked him to be a part of it. Maybe just not the uh, high tempo stuff. Um, yeah. What's your next one?
1: Uh, next I'll actually I'll I'll bring up. Uh, we saw Cuphead. The oh, yeah. delicious last course, which we've seen a little bit before. I don't even know. I remember you know, when it's been announced for a long time, but now it's coming up. It's really close and. I've been I've, I've been watching the Cuphead show on Netflix recently, um, which is a goofy, fun show. But yeah, it was cool to see a little bit of gameplay from this, and it's right around the corner now, and it's eight dollars. I can't get over that. That's really cheap. And that's crazy. <laughs> I don't expect it to be, you know, this giant expansion or anything. But that's I I feel like it should. It's gonna be I don't know another little island, and like even if it's only like five more bosses or something, like that's more than worth it. I don't know. It's just I'm really excited for Cuphead DLC. So it didn't like necessarily do anything new to blow me out of the water of what they showed. It was no surprises really, except yeah, it's just it's coming up and I'm getting pumped for
0: it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to play that, <laughs> you know, not exactly. necessarily anything shocking. Yeah. The, the level of animation and uh, that game is just so gorgeous. Um, I need to get around to the show. They recently announced a season two coming, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Next, I guess I'll do this one. It's, I'm I'm gathering them all together. I'm going to say The Last of Us slash Naughty Dog block. I think individually none of these announcements maybe would have done it for me fully. But pairing them all together, I think obviously it was the the core pillar of the Summer game Showcase despite uh, one of the announcements being leaked by PlayStation themselves, which is so funny. And the number of times Neil Druckmann kind of poked fun at that was really funny. Uh, So I'm going to go over the four announcements real quick and then we can talk about them because I don't know if it's on your list or not, but at least I know you wanted to talk about some aspects of it. So we had Neil Druckmann at the end teasing his next project that it was in the works. He jabbed, hey, if PlayStation wants to leak that too, you might find out what I'm working on. Yeah. Um, which is good. To, we assumed he was working on something, but it's good to have that confirmation. Um, and the reason it led to that is because the other two projects they announced aren't being led by him. Uh, first up is Factions, which may, might not have that name anymore. What they revealed is that it's as big as their other games now. It's set in San Francisco has its own unique cast of characters, is going to have unique storytelling that you're used to from Naughty Dog, and that we'll see more from it next year. Uh, they also uh, showed off a first look at Joel and Ellie in the show for HBO, um, which looked really awesome. Neil Druckmann said he, he directed an episode of the show, and they also revealed that Troy and Ash, uh, who played Joel and Ellie in the video game, are in the show, not as like slight cameos like uh, uh, Nolan North was in. Um, the uncharted movie, but they're actually characters, they haven't revealed them yet. And then lastly the one that was spoiled was The Last of Us Part One, which is the remake. It's coming out September 2nd for $70. Comparisons are interesting. I know this is something you want to talk about specifically and then maybe if you want to touch on all any of the other three announcements.
1: Yeah. So the show, that's cool to get an update on that. And really to emphasize that how much Neil has been involved, right? I think that's where some shows based on video games, maybe lose it a little bit, uh, the farther they yeah. get away from. Well, his claim
0: that this will be the most authentic video game adaptation ever. Like he said that, exactly. which is pretty bold. Yeah.
1: Like, I think, I think he gets that. Um, he gets like people's typical concerns when shows and movies are made off games. So, um, hopefully it lives up to that. I'm super excited for that show. Like, oh, it's then more so after what, um, how Neil described it, uh, at, at summer game fest too. Um, for factions, that I feel, this is my speculation: is they handcuffed themselves a little bit here, because we first found out that this was happening a long time ago, before, like a year before the Last of Us Part Two came out, somewhere in that range. It
0: was part of the Last of Us Part Two leak, that big leak.
1: Yeah, that came oh, out. Yeah, so it was a part of a leak. That okay, so might not be self-inflicted, but they eventually had to. You know, before the Last of Us Part Two came out, they had to say, "Yeah, the multiplayer's not coming with this because, uh, you know, it's it's big and it can't be a part of this. Um, it's not ready, right?" And but now we know it's out there. We know they're working on it, and so now we're constantly wondering for updates on that. And so I feel like they felt compelled to give an update on that at this show because, well, that's what we're wondering, right? But they just didn't really have anything to, to tell us. A couple details that it's big. At, you know, and it's going to be its own game, and and you know there'll be story with it too. But like to just show one concept, one piece of concept art, I don't, I don't know. I, just, I feel like they didn't even want to do this, but they felt like they had to to just talk about it, just to give an update, because it's, I don't know. I want to see, like, I want to see it. I don't want to see it one, I don't know, one piece of concept art at a show like this. It's like I don't even like tweet that. I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter that much because. The, the remake was kind of i, I don't know um, the, the the big piece here and it looks incredible like i think from what we saw um uh, even though it wasn't very much either um uh, they justified its existence i think because that's the that was the question like they they just remastered it on ps4 a couple years ago so like how you know just do we really need this and yeah it's a little a little bit self indulgent cuz they're like well, it's The Last of Us. This is the greatest game of all time, so we can remake it every five years if we want. And people, You know what I mean? Um, so I think there's a little bit of that, but it does look really good. They, I feel like they really put in the work to make it look better. But I just... It shouldn't cost $70. It just shouldn't. I don't... I, you know? I don't care. It just shouldn't. It's, I was hoping that maybe, you know, it would be $70 if it came with the new multiplayer mode kind of a thing.
0: Or at but, least pack in Last of Us Part 2 something
1: right but not only they don't even have the at at launch the last of us one did have multiplayer right and it was great yeah and so this remake is now more than the original game and without the multiplayer it huh i just i don't know it just rose me the wrong way i I, i'm not into it um and so i'm Personally, and I and I'm, I'm biting the bullet, and I'm not gonna buy this game until it's on sale for like fifty bucks or whatever. <laughs> I certainly will, cause I do want to play it. But I feel like I can certainly wait if it's you know, cause it strictly is a visual upgrade, right? They didn't really mention any gameplay changes, so kind of weird too. But whatever. I I'm I'm feeling pretty salty that they're charging seventy bucks for it.
0: Um, Out of but... principle, I ain't buying it either. Um, yeah, what I what I did want to say, though, is with factions, I think the one thing people maybe aren't bringing up and, uh, you know, obviously I have faith in Naughty Dog. They're world class developers. I do have one worry, and that's that we've seen over the last year and a half, all these reports about PlayStation committing to releasing more games to service games. Um, They've bought that's some studios. Figured. I think the reason this game expanded is because it went from a traditional Last of Us multiplayer type experience to more of a games mm-hmm. of service. Yep. And it's a it's a weird thing because like part of me is like, well, if anybody's gonna nail games of service, I do have faith in Naughty Dog being the person to do it. But at the same time, it's like, what's the one game that could ruin their track record? A games of service title, you know what I mean? It's like the the fifty fifty two sides of the coin there. Uh, where I have all the faith in the world that they could nail that genre, but also if there's a genre that could put a, you know, a big knock in their, in their boat, it's probably this genre. So that's where I'm a little yeah. bit, it could
1: be, it could be their fall at 76, right? Where, oof, that's rough. That's going to, we're going to have to recover from that. And yeah, and we're we're still naughty dog, but yeah, that this might not work out, but you know, it also could work out, but I feel like there's, it's so hard for a games as service game to like be reviewed critically really well. That almost never happens. Usually like Well just like we for... never
0: see first person shooters win game of the year. It's just like yeah. Some genres aren't set up to be critically acclaimed.
1: Yeah, and so I wonder I just I'm really curious how it's going to go. But I think you're probably right cuz like it it's not just going to be factions like a couple multiplayer modes where you're you know 4v4 or whatever different things like like a competitive playlist like that kind of thing it's got to be got to be substantial the way that they've talked about it um i think the setting should be cool though like having it in san francisco oh, for sure. um should be neat but yeah i think you're probably onto something with games as a service and like a continual thing um that they do my other
0: worry is druckman clearly removing himself from this of like i'm working on a project and somebody else is working on this and not to say druckman is the only person at naughty dog that can lead a team and make it successful but I would have the most confidence in him leading it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little worrisome too. And yeah, for them working on it for so long and we only see concept art is really weird. Really Yeah. Weird. I don't know. The whole thing was and just And maybe all... that's part of them being afraid to show it at all too when they want the highlight to be on the remake. I don't know. Very weird. Yeah.
1: It was just- And it t- The whole thing just was like, a, it's a tinge of underwhelming. Like, I don't know. I wanted more out of all that, and it just kind of came out
0: like, bleh even though it
1: looks so good the remake
0: who's to say because that last of us part one stuff leaked really early in the day who's to say if maybe naughty dog didn't throw jeff a bone and like okay we have this concept art we can provide for the presentation and make maybe it no i don't think the show thing was last minute but i do think the multiplayer thing could have been thrown in there in the ninth hour Of like, yeah, we can talk about our multiplayer project, but we only have a piece of concept art we can show, and Jeff's like, that's good enough, you know? Mm -hmm. It felt like one of those type of things. I don't even know if Neil Druckmann would have wanted to talk about him working on the next project either. That might have been... Like, a lot of it seemed like favors for Jeff in a way, you know what I mean? Which isn't a bad thing necessarily, but it didn't seem like a true, like, naughty dog. Oh, here's all of this stuff. Because very rarely... When's the last time they just came out and, like, teased the game with a piece of concept art? we usually at the very least get like a tone trailer that may, maybe not show characters, but like you get the music, you get like some imagery, some environmental storytelling, and then you get like a firefly sign or like for this to yeah. just be a piece of concept art is very weird. Very good. Anyway, uh, what's your next one?
1: Um, so there was also a game called Witchfire, which, Oh, re-reveal. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the whole deal on it, but the gameplay looked pretty cool. It kind of looked like a, Like a Destiny meets Dishonored kind of a thing, almost. So from the
0: team that uh, developed Bulletstorm.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was um, first person shooter, but also with some kind of some types of I don't know magic things going on in the offhand, and and the setting looked really cool. It was very, I'm not even sure how to describe it. I want to say like steampunkish things going on. I don't even know. It just was pretty unique, and the gameplay looked. Um, like, it's like tight and fun, and that's why I think of Destiny with it. So <clears throat> I want to see more about it. Still, um, there there might be more details that I just haven't read a blog post about yet. But that trailer, that gameplay, that um, that was in this show looked pretty cool, and I was interested in it. So
0: it looked like very arcadey combo-driven first-person like combat. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it really felt like you know uh, Metal Helsing without the rhythm part of it. It kind of moved the same way. It seems like if yeah. you control both those games, it kind of moved the same way in a good way. Um, it looks fun. Uh, I do think they need to show off a little bit more of the narrative of the game because it was a little weird yeah. of like, oh, you're staring at this portal, you're killing some demons, like what's the hook here? Um, but it did look cool. I, a good re-reveal for a game we saw a while back and it kind of went dark. I didn't um, know
1: that that was revealed earlier either goodness
0: yeah it was a very it was like a there was no shooting in the initial trailer it was like somebody walking through like an old cathedral and it was in black and white it was maybe like two or three years ago at a game awards um hmm. this is the first time we've seen it in a while uh my last one for summer game fest is the call of duty modern warfare 2 extensive gameplay demo oh, okay. of the opening mission i mean say what you will about uh call of duty but like their games are always high quality the last higher viewed call of duty was the modern warfare uh reimagining this is probably going to fall in line with that what we do know about this game is it's also going to be the next the only call of duty for the next two years which is kind of crazy if rumors are to be true about there not being a call of duty next year um this looked incredible these demos always look incredible call of duty one of the craziest things that that really says people know how high quality your game is is you can watch one of these these gameplay demos dom and you they shoot the gun and you know what the feedback on shooting that gun feels like, uh, Mm -hmm. just because call of duty is so unique with that. And you know exactly how it feels shooting those weapons. Um, the dynamic physics, uh, were really cool that they talked about where you're on this, uh, ship in like this, uh, hurricane and the water is dynamically moving the boat, which then dynamically moves the cover that you're going through. So it can like shift and you're left open to get shot or enemies are left open to get shot. So it really adds this like, dynamic element to the mission structure. So, you know, the the mission isn't going to change drastically every time you replay it, but your experience might be slightly different than somebody else or even your second time through it. It looked really good. Um it's still in a weird moral place for me with Activision to get excited for their games in some places, but I am a modern warfare guy. I loved the reimagining the narrative of it. I'm probably going to end up getting this uh to play through that as well. Um yeah, it just really showed really well.
1: Yeah, I'm I've been pretty checked out on Call of Duty the last few years, even more than usual. But uh Yeah, I'll be curious to see what they I'm really curious to see what they do after this. Like you mentioned, um skipping a year. Be curious, and then, you know, as they get um you know pushed under Microsoft and things, I'll be curious to see what what might change with that franchise going forward. But glad this showed well.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you, how many more do you have for Summer Game Fest?
1: Um, I'll only mention one more thing quick, which they had a, a launch trailer for The Query, which since that trailer was revealed, uh, the game also released, and I've already played through it once. <laughs> so it's kind of a, a weird thing that we don't... That doesn't usually happen. I mean, sometimes there's shadow drops or things like that. But um, yeah, the trailer cool. The game was cool. I can even like <laughs> tell you all about it at this point. Well, I mean, at least on the, some of the endings I got.
0: but. Yeah, I'm still waiting to play it. I might, I, w- I probably won't be able to get it this month uh, budgetary reasons, but I'm definitely I want to at least play it before Halloween. So, mm. and then hopefully it's sooner than that, and then eventually I want us to do a spoiler cast talking about it, because I know how much you enjoy these types of games.
1: I will say, 2K published this game, and even on Xbox, you can't get an upgrade to the Series X version for free. They explicitly charge, you know, the extra $10, so I I think it's a one of Weird. like only, I don't know, two or three series X games that are like that. And obviously it's the same on PlayStation. Um, but they really, they really enforced that and did so without even like explaining the differences between the versions. So that was frustrating.
0: Good for me to know now. <laughs> yeah. So keep an eye out
1: for that. Um,
0: yeah.
1: It might not be my, my assumption is like the difference between the versions is, is going to be very minimal. Maybe it's like a higher resolution and that's it. Um, Cause there's, PlayStation there wasn't really like video settings or anything like that. So I don't know what the, whatever. But the game is still really cool.
0: So that's actually a good uh place to end with summer game fest because the game I'm going to talk about first for Xbox it has a connection to The Quarry and that's high on life. And you might be wondering how do these two games have a connection? I found out today, I, did you see this news story Tom about these two games? No. The Quarry and High on Life were originally first-party Google Stadia games. Google Stadia was funding these games, and wow. then Google trimmed all of the funding for Google Stadia, and they these two games had to find new publishers. The Quarry went to 2K, and uh, I forget uh-huh. who's publishing High on Life, but yeah, they were originally two first-party Stadia games, which is wild.
1: wow. That's yeah. fascinating.
0: So High on Life, this is from Squanch Games, who made Trover Saves the Universe. This is probably my favorite game of the entire Xbox, Bethesda Showcase. I love so I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. I love Justin Roiland. I love his sense of humor. I was always interested in playing Trevor Saves the Universe, which is a VR game. Then they made a non-VR version. Uh, I didn't a I did not expect this game to show up. B I did not expect this game to come out this year. So that was a surprise. Um, the concept of it is that obviously it's very much Rick and Morty humor. You play as a human who uses alien guns, uh, which each of the guns are characters and they're voiced by different people. Um, And aliens basically come to Earth and they basically smoke humans as if they're drugs. So you're trying to stop this drug cartel that basically traffics humans as actual living drugs. It's wacky, it's insane. If you know Rick and Morty or anything, Justin Roiland, uh, it's very much that sense of humor. Coming out this October, which is awesome, launching an Xbox game pass, which is even cooler. I cannot wait for this game i uh, I'm so excited about it.
1: yeah, this one um i've not I've not seen a single episode of Rick and Morty, not even hardly a clip, so I think maybe I need to like give this game a little closer look um because i at first glance I was like, well, that's just a little too weird for me, but Maybe there's some. Uh, maybe I need to, like, give it a better chance. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly certainly different.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, that, you know, I think this year we had a conversation talking about funny games and how come there's not many more like comedic video games. Right. Yeah, talking about and psychonauts and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, you know, if anybody's going to deliver, it, hopefully it's Sponge games. And, yeah, I was super surprised it showed up, wasn't expecting this and uh, really enjoyed it. What's your first one?
1: So I want to start with. Um, I'm sure we'll get to Starfield, but <clears throat> I want to instead start with. Let's Red do Fall. Starfield last, since it's yeah. both, it's
0: on both our lists. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, oh, I do want to talk about Redfall though, because my list um, too. I I mean I was like, oh shit, this looks even better than I kind of hoped, because I had this concern for one that this was going to be kind of a multiplayer only cooperative s- sort of game, right? Like a, like one of those asynchronous games, Left for or Dead
0: or Back for Blood or, or yeah. yeah.
1: Even like one of those. But even in the trailer they showed, it emphasized like, yeah, play alone. And that was a – it looked like the gameplay kind of reflected that to me. It didn't look like A Left for Dead where it's highly dependent upon other people. Probably There's 30 ki-
0: enemies on the screen, right, regardless if yeah. you're by yourself or people. Yeah, I get, I totally get that.
1: Yeah, it looked like uh, – it looked a lot like Deathloop, actually, if you're playing Deathloop, you know, super fast-paced shooting everyone not not taking the stealthy route, right? And that was kind of <clears throat> what like what got me the most interested and in why I was so into it was because playing deathloop I felt more incentivized to play stealthy and kind of go slow and be creative and do different stuff. Only like in some moments that you know when shit hits the fan that like I'm jumping around and using abilities and throwing people, but I, it always felt like kind, like similar to to dishonored where like it felt a little bit bad to do that to like overly aggressive in Deathloop and dishonored uh and obviously both arcane games too um but in this it kind of feels like that's the design is just that like you're just running around like a madman just killing these crazy vampires um and it, it's like fast and colorful and i don't know everything about it just kind of i was just super into it i was like dang this is this looks sick like i'm excited for this now um much more than before, like I said before, I was a little hesitant. So, I've seen some people kind of like not as impressed with it. And I, I'm like, I don't
0: know. Oh, there's plenty that. of that about the Xbox show. We'll get to that later at Starfield, right. too. It's just, I don't, I I don't know. Do you great. even like video games anymore at this point? Um, <laughs> the cool thing, too, is they revealed the character classes, which kind of had a, a small understanding of, but seeing like, oh, okay, there's the sniper, mm-hmm. there's the engineer, there's yeah. the magic user. What was it? Uh, the Intellect with Student Debt or something like that. Was there subtitles? really Something like that. It was really funny. Um, yeah, I do like that. It definitely feels like a game you can play by yourself, but they also incentivize teamwork of the girls' elevator where you can like help your teammate get to a second uh, level. But even single player, you could use that for yourself to get up to a place in stealth Stealthway. Um, speaking of Starf- uh, Redfall, it was kind of weird that Deathloop wasn't here. We know it's coming out this Fall oh, for yeah. Xbox Game Pass, but like I wonder if part of the exclusive deal is that they can't market it until it's actually available for it. Uh, you know what I mean? Maybe. Which that's, is kind of weird.
1: That's really cutting the knee, cutting you off of the kneecaps. All right.
0: I mean, we've seen how it's worked with Final Fantasy, which we won't talk about today. But like that whole thing of like Crisis Core coming to Xbox, but not the remake. It doesn't make any <laughs> damn sense. Um, I'll go next since we both had Starfield. You know. We're sitting here wondering, when are we going to get at the trailer for Playdead's next astronaut game? I haven't seen that forever. When is that appearing? Somerville. That's supposed to come out this year. When is that launching? It's supposed to be launching an Xbox Game Pass. Haven't seen that in a bit. And then out of nowhere, we get a new puzzle adventure game from Jeb Carlson, who is the lead gameplay designer for both Inside and Limbo. Coming to Xbox Game Pass next year. Cocoon. This game looks so cool. Uh, I love the the gameplay aesthetic of you put down this orb and then you go into the orb. It's like very meta and like perspective shifting. Even when they pulled out for the title of the game, they did the same thing where they pulled out of one orb into another, into another. It's very much a more of a puzzle game than limbo and inside even were. I love the aesthetic. Um, I love the sound design in this game. Like you could very much hear the glass, uh, like shards and the metal, and these like plates that look like computer processors that you were standing on. Um, the pathing path that you have to create with this little object, and then they did a good job of highlighting the different uses of the sphere that you're holding. Like, first off, okay, you're just carrying and creating paths, and you're using it to open new pathways. It's like, how interesting is that going to be for a you know six to eight hour game? And they show you using it to fly or using it to pull objects and, and It seems like, obviously, since this person, Carlson, was the lead gameplay designer for Inside and Limbo, they know what they're doing, and I'm very confident that this game will build on its own gameplay systems and mechanics and deliver something that's super enjoyable throughout. And I hope it's as weird and um, personal as both Inside and Limbo were. And I'm super excited for it. And like I said, it joins Somerville, and Playdead's next game is that little cluster of Playdead developers that are creating some dope indies I can't wait to play.
1: Yeah, this one looked really unique and cool too. Um, I left it off my list just because I, I never, I still, I still have to play inside, and so some of these types of games, I, I just haven't fully gotten into yet. I think, I think I could appreciate them as as much as you are if I finally would just give it the chance. You need
0: to play inside, (laughs) and it's only like a three and a half hour game, man. It's not that long. So good. Yeah,
1: it's on the shame list, but maybe one day. I don't know. (laughs) but that yeah this one i feel like i saw a lot of people super impressed with how it how it looked and um and that kind of thing so yeah it's cool to see what's your next one uh i mean i'll just this is um an easy one right hollow knight silk's on we saw some more of it it looked really great um it's a good reminder of oh fuck i have it i have like it's been a couple years now since i played hollow knight i was like oh yeah i forgot like just how good it like controls and how it feels and the i don't know the combat and everything about it the tone and <clears throat> all of it the the art style uh it just was like again we didn't even get a release date um except it should be within the next year so um it would have been cooler if we got the date or something like that and if it was soonish too of course but i was just happy to see some more gameplay from from silk song and well, now we know it's got to be it's got to be real close it's got to be um so
0: my prediction is that we're going to see it at that rumored Nintendo direct later this month. And yeah. I think maybe Nintendo has the exclusive on the release date and Xbox is like, can we get a trailer? And they're like, sure, but you can't release the release date. And Xbox yeah. is like, okay, I guess fine. Cause having it at your show is better than not having it at your show. So yeah, it's not on my list sense. because no release date, but it's imminent. So yeah. Um, is your last one Starfield or do you have another one?
1: I wanted to also shout out Pentiment, which Uh, I feel like you've had your eye on for a while now before it was ever announced (laughs) of just uh, keeping tabs on Obsidian, and I as much as we talked about it, I really didn't expect it to look the way it looks, (laughs) right? It looks like an old
0: English painting, yeah Yeah. like a Renaissance painting, yeah.
1: (laughs) And so that actually had me like, oh shit like, huh this could be really cool, so I'm still a little hesitant, like I'm not I don't know if this is my type of game, but uh, the way it looks, and And who's making it, right? Um, I want to say his name was something Sawyer from Obsidian. Josh Sawyer, um, who did a lot of the New Vegas work, right? So he,
0: executive director or producer of New Vegas and uh, another game. I, it's not a Fallout game, but yeah,
1: but yeah, I was um, it was cool to see this because yeah, we had talked about it um a bunch this past year. I, I feel so it was cool to see it, and I'm I'm kind of interested. We'll see, we'll see, and it's this year. That's coming soon. Pretty confident.
0: Um Uh, November of this year, yeah. Yeah. One thing I'll say is that this game if it wasn't on Game Pass, I'd have a hard time committing to playing it because of it's not that I don't like the art art style, but it is it's a risk. Um but because it's launching in a game pass, I'm downloading it day one and I'm trying it because of the pedigree of the people making it, um, both Obsidian and Josh Sawyer. And also it doesn't look like anything I've ever played before, which is something i'm totally down for Mm -hmm. um not on my list either but super excited about it and yeah i think the art the art style was shocking to everyone because no one expected it to look like that yeah um and there was an interview he did where he talked about he wanted to make an rpg that was both historical educational and entertaining and to me that's fascinating because i don't think anybody goes into a game looking to make it both educational and historical oftentimes when games are historical it's historical fiction a lot of times so i'm very curious to see how this plays out yeah uh my last one before we talk about starfield is i just called it the japan block so this is both kojima announcing his partnership with xbox game studios leveraging the cloud technology which he specifically talked about the other part of it saying it's going to be a while so don't hold your breath and then playstation 3 portable playstation 4 golden playstation 5 I kept saying PlayStation. Yeah. Persona 3 portable. <laughs> Persona 4 Golden. Persona 5 Royal coming to Xbox Game Pass. It's finally happening. Persona 5 Royal. October 21st. That's when I'm playing Persona. I cannot wait. Um, people were like, Persona's never coming to Xbox. Uh you know, people couldn't even imagine Persona 4 Golden or Persona 3 portable coming. Uh they were just like, the question was about Royal, right? Persona 5 Royal. So the fact that all three of them are coming is great. They're also coming to PlayStation, uh, and there's some hints of that Royals coming to Switch as well. But the fact that they're coming to Xbox is dope. It continues the legacy of Phil Spencer having these Japanese studios come over to Xbox. We got that with Monster Hunter, with Monster Hunter World. We got that with the Yakuza series, with Kingdom Hearts. Dope. So dope. Um, this
1: was just cool. Yeah. It was a cool surprise, and I like that it's all th- all three of those games. It felt like, well, that's not that's just... not we, Obviously, like, Five Royal was... The one they really wanted to get, for sure, but they're like, no, nah, let's we should get we should get the previous two games too. Like, why not? Let's like let's go all out, just like they did with like Yakuza, like you mentioned in some other uh, Japanese franchises. So, I'm so happy that um more people will get to play Persona 5 Royal. Cause it's it's so good, and more people will. Not only is it obviously coming to a new, a new platform where lots of people are, but it's coming to Game Pass where a lot of people will try it. Who likely would not have otherwise you know cause it's um uh, more of a, a different genre than probably a lot of xbox I, players are used to right
0: i I mean there are a lot of xbox players that are weebs and are yearning for these japanese titles they just never had access to them right yeah so hopefully they show up in the droves that you'd anticipate and honestly i think with them all launching game pass i think the moment that uh, the persona 5 royal comes out and phil has tangible numbers behind it i think this. I'm more confident that Persona 6 could be a multi-platform release than I ever have been. I'm not saying that's 100% certain because to- PlayStation could totally just pay for the exclusives, but I think there comes a breaking point for Atlas, who isn't a ginormous publisher that they're like, why would we, they're going to, they're basically going to balance the numbers and say the money we get from PlayStation to be exclusive. Is it worth not releasing on Xbox? And with Xbox now, they're going to have hard numbers. Phil Spencer to be like, yo, this is, you can anticipate this type of stuff for your sales on Xbox, you know? So I do think they actually have a, a doorway into those conversations now with this announcement, which is also dope. Um,
1: I don't know how they don't put this out on switch too. How do you not put this on the switch there? Switch is what, like outpacing PS4 in sales or something like that. I think there's so many of them.
0: I wonder if it's a performance thing and not a, you know, I wonder if the work needed to put it, but, wasn't Persona 5 a PS4 game? PS3 game? It was game?
1: a PS3 game. So it would, yeah, be, no excuses it would shock man. me if that was yeah. the problem. It, but that's me, the thing,
0: though, is it might yeah. get the PS3 port and not the PS4 port, you know?
1: It's the same. It's like, it's yeah, I've looked into this. Um, okay.
0: So it, graphically, it's not much better?
1: Yeah. And, and they're really, it's very simplistic graphically, too.
0: Um, they very stylized, too, and they're not going for yeah. realism. So, yeah.
1: It's... it's stylized but yeah very there's not ever like a ton going it's not a giant world you know um
0: now six
1: when that comes out who knows what that'll look like right that might be too hard to advance for the switch or something but for these three games like yeah, there's so much money they're leaving on the table people would buy it again who played it on playstation and xbox you know what i mean so in addition to all the other people. Associated. And if there's
0: any fan base that is okay with spending $60 on a game they've already bought six times, it's Nintendo fans. So. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you, you don't even have to discount it. It's like 60 exactly. Yeah,
0: Let's get to the game the internet hates, Starfield. Um, <laughs> So this announcement I thought was great. I loved the gameplay reveal. We've just gone to a place now with Bethesda and Todd Howard where the internet just loves to shit on them, and it's kind of irritating at this point. Um, people make fun of Todd Howard's jacket and his shoes and the way he announces things. And everyone's so jaded about Bethesda Game Studios and how could they ever compete? This looks like a PS2 game. All of the hyperbolic, nonsensical bullshit. People saying, this looks like a Bethesda game. No shit, it's a Bethesda game. Like I, <laughs> The whole thing is super irritating and I don't want to maybe harp on all the negative stuff because the internet's done enough of it. And, you know, I think the thing too, we see this a lot in today's day and age where when you, if somebody were to hear me talking about this, somebody who's in that community's response would be, "So we can't criticize games now? We can't criticize your favorite games? Your games are above criticism?" It's like there's no, there's a difference between like criticism and just shitting on something and shit on something, you know? Um, and that happens far too often these days. Take uh, the Star Wars community, <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. uh, it just happens far too often. And me and you, I know, are huge fans of Bethesda, and we're You know, we're not without criticisms. Like it's not we're flying over the moon for Fallout seventy six, or even flying over the moon for Fallout four. But we're not also going to sit here and say that Bethesda aren't some of the best RPG developers in the world, or like they're incapable of making a great game. Like you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous and annoying. I don't know if you have anything to add there. If you want to talk about, if you want me to start with all the positive stuff, we can talk about the game actually.
1: No, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's usually pretty easy to tell when someone is giving, oh, what's the word? You know, genuine. Um, what's the word? Constructive for, like,
0: criticism? Not even feedback. that.
1: Feedback? Oh, I'm going to think. It's like a phrase. Like, earnest or genuine. It's something along those lines. Basically, like if you're actually doing something from a good place and saying, like, oh, yeah, this didn't, you know, this part of it, I don't, I don't think looks like altruistic. Like, no. I'm going to think. It's used in politics a lot. Um, I'm going to Like good faith? A good faith. Like, yeah, a good faith argument, basically. Um, That, like, what you're saying is, you know, coming from a place of, yeah, actually, you know, the, the the shooting looks a little off. I'm not sure about that. Instead of like, another crap Bethesda game with shit gameplay, da da da, and Todd Howard's jacket, whatever. You know what I mean? It's it it, it often becomes very easy to tell, like, like the difference between like, okay, you're just actually talking about and critiquing the game in in a way that's constructive and not shitty, versus, um yeah, someone just Effectively you're being a troll at that point when it's when it's something other than that, right? So you can they usually tell on themselves these days, but <clears throat> I'm with you. Um but this I don't know, I think this game looks great. Um so if, if you Real had, quick,
0: you, I wanna say yeah, real quick. It was compa- the problem is it was compounded by two things. One, it was the fault the response to Fallout seventy six, which in a lot mm-hmm. of parts was justified. I totally get that. But I do think people trusted way more in C D Project Red than they ever have Bethesda and cyberpunk doing what it did, yeah. I think a lot of people that are carry that attitude are like, well, if CD Projekt Red can't deliver on their promises, why should we ever expect Bethesda to? It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a bummer, but yeah. I want to get to the positive stuff. Uh, you can go ahead. I, I cut you off. What were you going to say? I mean, to me, um, the like the first, like the biggest takeaway
1: I have from from the trailer they showed, which was long, tons of gameplay, was you could really feel that this is a, a war it's all about what they're trying to show off as a world that they're created or worlds right that that's what it reminds me like that was what the best part of skyrim was the best part of oblivion and fallout 3 and new vegas and 4 um was the world that they create and like the towns and the places and everything that exists in it it's that's what i think they showed off really really well with this trailer it just felt like because it's it's a new place, obviously a new setting that then Bethesda's done before, so that I think it worked really well with what they were trying to show, and like it, to me, it that came across really well. Like I'm excited to like first show up in that that big city that they showed off, New Atlantis or whatever it was, um, and just kind of like see what's going on in there. And like yeah, it, um, there are certain things like the dog fighting actually I thought was uh, kind of cool, and even like the the, sh- the base building and the ship building, I was like had slight like you know, flashbacks to Fallout Four where I didn't love base building there so much, but I imagine it'll be better here. The shipbuilding I think uh should be really cool. Um, getting into like, yeah, as soon as you start to see the the shooting, it's like, ah yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look great, you know, this isn't Destiny Two. Um and even looking back to Cyberpunk, um, one of the best things about that game to me was the shooting actually felt really, really good. Um, so that was one thing I thought I had going for it really well. The melee in that game was trash, but um, the The shooting felt really nice and like st- in starfield it just didn't quite look up to par we'll see how it is when it comes out but um i mean think back to fallout 4 and skyrim again how does the this the combat in skyrim compare to you know other games that came out alongside it it's just not as good like we had like kingdoms of amalur and, and dragon's dogma and other rpgs that came out around the same time and dark souls came out at the same time as, as skyrim with much much better combat right just objectively i feel <clears throat> which is an oxymoron anyway um <clears throat> that's not what is going to be the biggest draw to starfield i don't think it never has been for these bethesda games Is like the tightest best feeling combat that's never been the case i think it'll still be great i think it'll still be good um i think it'll still be better than serviceable even right um so to, to i don't want to dwell on that too much right because like me, it was like, oof, this just looks like a cool world, and I just want to just just be there, you know, and just hang out in, in these different planets. A, stuff, it it so. feels
0: immersive, yeah. yeah. Like, one of the criticisms, uh, which I think was in good faith, but I also think wrong, in my opinion. And Jeff Grubb from uh, Games Beat and now Giant Bomb even talked about this is people were talking about it. We'll get to the thousand planets thing, but people are like, well, if everything isn't handcrafted, you know, there's going to be slow parts to the game, I don't want to play a game that's slow. And Jeff Grubb was basically like, do you not understand pacing? Like, you're not always going to have action, action, action because that doesn't deliver a good experience. Like, if you're looking for that, don't play RPG. Go play a shooter. Go play, Doom. like, you just don't understand the game you're getting into. I think part of that, too, is with the shooting is like, yeah, sure. You put uh, Doom Eternal next to Starfield, and there's going to be a clear difference in the quality of shooting. But the point of Bethesda games aren't, the combat necessarily. And I'm not giving them a pass. I'm not saying, like, oh, they can be shit and it's okay. Because, like, to your point, I think it's going to be better than serviceable. But that's not the strength of the game. That's not what's going to keep you for 50, 60 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made some notes here. So, the first uh, pair of notes I made were the improvements specifically for Bethesda Game Studios. So, not comparing it to other people, but to themselves. I think the shooting mechanics were improved. Uh, like you said, they're not great. But I think from what we've seen from Bethesda, I think it is an improvement for sure from Fallout Games. In my opinion, anyways, I thought it looked improved. Uh, the visual fidelity, which they're using a new engine, that's kind of a given. And then, um, despite the glossy eyes and that one lady having a little bit of a cross eye, I do think the facial animations were fantastic, especially that one like hermit-looking guy that they talked yep. to later, that's standing next to the artifact. I think people too much were like, "Oh, why are the eyes so glossy?" and not seeing how high quality the facial animations were. I think I thought they were fantastic. I was really surprised because. That's a big criticism for Bethesda games too, is like the dead face. And sure, some of the dead eyes are still there to some extent, um, but I do think the facial animations were really, really good. Um, Yeah, it's an
1: interesting thing. Like, I can like, I've been viewing it lately as um, like certain games, um, as they become a series, they kind of like expand into other genres, right? And like where you come from is kind of, can be limiting in certain ways, right? So like, bethesda's rpgs come from like a more rpg like roots or whatever right where like like the first couple elder scrolls games are super stiff and like and all that kind of stuff but it wasn't that wasn't even a thought right it was it wasn't about that in the slightest and so now like it's evolving it's getting better but if you come if you compare to like a a a naughty dog game where it is all about the cinematics and the animations the facial features and all that stuff and the, the dialogue and like How it feels real when people are interacting and all that, Um, you know, that's it's just that's where it comes from. So they might like a Naughty Dog game might branch out into like a bigger RPG, and then you're probably going to see it struggle in some of those things compared to a Bethesda RPG, who like that's where their roots are. And so that's kind of how I view some of that stuff. Like it's sometimes it makes sense to compare that to itself. So Bethesda games to past Bethesda games, in which compare this to Fallout Four. Fallout seventy six, it looks a thousand times better. The animations, it, uh, so much stuff like, just looks way better. Even if it's not up to par with, you know, Last of Us Part Two, right? Um,
0: well, and that's the thing too is I think there's a problem with with a certain sect of the gaming community where cinematic storytelling is the only storytelling that there should be, and I like yeah. wholeheartedly disagree with that. Like, obviously, playing Red Dead or, or Last of Us is a very special cinematic experience, but I do. Get immersed in the storytelling of an RPG like Fallout or even now Starfield. Like it's different, and it doesn't mean it's lesser than. They're going for different things, and they do. To your point, yeah, have different roots, and even through development, they're trying to. They have different objectives of what they're trying to accomplish. You know? Yeah. So, um. The other thing. Uh. My next line is. Uh. I thought the the UI looked clean and very sci-fi, which is mm-hmm. really good. Um. You know. But that's usually nails the, the UI of their game, so that's not a problem. The crafting, the crafting system sounded really interesting. Uh, I hope it's as deep as they explained it to be, which I would assume it will be. Let me use all those scraps I pick up. Put them to good use. Um, the outposts. Yeah, like, I was higher on the outposts in Fallout 4 than I think a lot of people were. Not that I loved them, but I, I, I wasn't against them as many other people were. This seems to be more refined, um, and I do think... I like the idea of he even mentioned you're gonna, you can hire people to um sustain it for you and grow crops and find materials and i do think that because of what happened with fallout 76 i wonder if their core philosophy for starfield was take the stuff we do good and the stuff we do okay and make it all better and work on it i don't know if this is going to be innovative in terms of things for bethesda trying different things but i do think it might be innovative in them taking the things they've done before and making them much better If that makes sense yeah. I wonder if Outpost is one of those things. The jetpack looked cool. Give me a jetpack in any sci-fi game, I'm down. Uh, I wonder how that's going to work with upgrading. Like, can you by uh crafting stuff and making your jetpack better? Do you get you know sustained altitude? Can you like different stuff like that? I wonder how that's going to work. Even on the UI, there was like an oxygen meter. So I wonder if depending on what planet you land on, that's going to affect how you're able to explore it. Which we'll get to the planets that's a good later. Point. Yeah. And then last up, you can build your own ship, which is really cool. It's modular. I love the way you can do that. I wonder if you can pick set designs for the inside or if it's just the outside of the parts and they're kind of set in their own design. Uh, The space dogfights were a surprise. I don't know if anybody saw that coming. Yeah. I highly doubt that. Uh, They looked fun. Uh, You won't be able to travel uh, interplanetary with your ship. That was kind of confirmed from Todd Howard, which I'm fine with. I don't need that. If that, you know, because creating a system like that could take away from other aspects of the game they can work on. I'm totally fine with them not having interplanetary space travel. Uh, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, when he explained it, it made sense of that time between, you know, being in space and then landing on the planet was not fun. Basically, there was nothing. It was just kind of felt like wasted time when they when they tried to design it that way, and so they just kind of cut it out. And I, That makes sense to me. I trust that judgment, right? Um, I'm not necessarily trying to, like, have a spaceship landing simulator um, through the atmosphere or something if it's not going to be fun, right? So exactly I think that makes sense.
0: Uh, so you talked about New Atlantis. So some planets have major hub cities, but you, don't want, you can't only just land on them. You can land anywhere on the planet. Obviously, the difference being the hub city is very, like, curated and designed. And based on him saying that there's going to be a 1,000 planets, a lot of the other stuff is probably going to be procedural where you can get resources and materials. Not saying that there won't be random events on those planets that'll be interesting and engaging and dynamic, um, but there's going to be a clear difference between the designed stuff and the procedurally generated stuff. This was a huge point of contention with people online of like a thousand planets. What's the point? Um, That's fine. It's cool. Like, you know, Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. You can't land on all those planets that you can explore in Mass Effect 2. Some of them you just mine. If you're telling me I can land on the planet and just check out and see if I find any weird aliens and then hop back on my ship, cool. I think that aspect of the game isn't, hey, this is the core experience. Everybody's going to be trying to travel to as many planets. It's, hey, you enjoyed the main campaign of this game and the side activities. Here's some reasons to go and continue to play in this world and have fun. Also, it justifies expansions in the future where they can add stuff too. But I do think it's one of those things where Similar to Elden Ring, the optional bosses are optional. They're there if you're engaging and loving in the game, and you can do as much as you want or as little as you want. Uh, you can mainline the game if you want. But every, there's more content there if you want it. And with this, sure, would I want 20 handcrafted planets that all are immaculately designed? Sure. But if you're going to give me, like, 5 to 10 planets that are that, and then a bunch of other planets I can just, uh, forgive the language, fuck around on and do whatever, you know? I'm cool with that. I think it's going to add to immersive storytelling with the community where people are like, and that's the other thing. These aren't, all the planets aren't procedurally generated in terms of you're going to have blockoid B and I'm going to have blockoid C. It's, there's a thousand planets. The stuff on that planet was procedurally generated when they were creating the game. So they're already set in stone. Yeah. So they could have gone in and handcrafted aspects of those planets after they were procedurally generated, but they weren't all handcrafted from the, the top. And I do think with the community, you're going to hear about hey, did you go to this planet in this system? Go check it out. There's something cool to discover. And I think that's going to be really cool because it adds a strong community element to the game as well. Um, what do you think about the whole thousand planet saga on the internet?
1: I get why people, I get why it stood out because it feels For like, sure. a, you know, when you're at a conference and like, oh, we have a thousand planets, right? It feels like a, like a thing you're trying to like, just marketing check off thing. Of like
0: Mumbo jumbo, yeah. That kind
1: of thing, right? Now that being said, the the particular you know response to it was odd at some place like like some of the ones you talked about where it's like, okay, but if it if it doesn't work, then if you know if we get the game and like yeah like nine hundred and fifty of those planets, frankly that's at least fifty planets, which is a lot. But anyway, <laughs> um, nine hundred and ninety of those planets are just absolutely barren and nothing happens on them at all. Brown desert
0: side. planets, <laughs>
1: right? If they're all Tatooines, then it's like, okay, so that claim felt now in retrospect feels hollow and like uh, this isn't this isn't what it was isn't what but in pitched, retrospect
0: right? it's deserved like to have that pessimism yeah. going in exactly
1: yeah. that's what i was gonna say if that ends up being the case then okay then it didn't work out but like i'm not just gonna assume that well oh, procedurally generally they're all empty it's stupid it's dumb oh okay i mean i guess maybe it could be but i don't know i don't I hope not even if <laughs>
0: even if 950 of those planets are dumb if the the handcrafted ones are amazing and the main storyline is great i don't it wouldn't take away from my starfield experience all of that's ancillary to me and sure you can argue well either using it as a marketing point sure games use dumb marketing points all the time and i'm not going to necessarily give todd howard a pass but that's like secondary to what i want out of starfield i think you feel the same way like that's cool. If I get to it and I wanna explore other planets, I hope they're good, but I'm not going in yeah. being like, I don't care about the main storyline. Are these other planets gonna be cool? That's not my main priority, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I wasn't getting too hung up on that. Like I had a little bit of like a, a you know, a twinge of like, Oh, okay, a thousand planets. That's the way he said it felt like, you know, well, at the end of the day, this is this whole thing is a commercial. So like, yeah, he's trying to sell his game. You know, but um, yeah, I'm looking for, I, that. I, it certainly isn't a negative. I don't know how you can, you can maybe be cynical about something like that, but um, until it's proven that that's not a good thing, I, I don't know why, like anything good that he could say, then you could find a way to be like, yeah, but it won't be like that. It'll be worse. It'll be dumb. I, I, I yeah, sure. It could be, but like, yeah, people aren't just going to like shit talk their own game in their own commercial. So what do you, what do you want him to do? As as what kind of lying, life is it to approach good. everything
0: in bad faith? You know, like yeah, I, I guess
1: know. I don't know. I just, I, I'm looking forward to Starfield, dude. Bottom line, that's where I'm. Me at. too. We're gonna to be talking about
0: it a lot in the future, <laughs> and uh, I can't wait. And I hope, I hope it's as early as things are are leading. Like a lot of like speculation, Game Pass, like uh, small texts and stuff, are basically pointing at this probably coming in, like February or March. So I hope mm-hmm. that's the case let's get to these predictions real quick before we close out we'll talk about what we've been playing next week kind of ran a little long talking about all of this stuff uh so i'll go through my predictions first indie games i said by the end of june we will have release dates for teenage mutant ninja turtle shredders revenge that's happened so that's good and the other two i'm waiting on are Advance wars one plus two reboot camp hopefully that's at the that nintendo direct and Somerville. so that one not wrong yet one for three let's see what happens the second one i got wrong hollow knight silksong remains dormant i told you when i made this prediction I'm either going to be happy or I'm going to be right. I'm happy, so I'm fine with not getting that. Bet against uh, Next up, team. exactly. Next up, release date predictions. Uh, the Last of Us Remake gets revealed, so I get half a point for this one. But I said November 2022. I was just off, so I only get half a yeah. point.
1: Pretty good, though. It's uh, pretty, I mean, that's good.
0: Yeah, because who knows? We didn't expect PlayStation to be involved at all. We didn't know. I, well, at least the last of us. Uh, next up, this one sells time. Saints Row and Gotham Knights are both delayed. Who knows? Could still happen. Uh, now the ones that are confirmed to be wrong or right. Summer Game Fest, Wolf, uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf, story cinematic. Nope. Monster Hunter World 2 is revealed, dated for early 2023. Nope. Marvel's Midnight Suns August, platform exclusive characters. Nope. Coming out in October, and we saw Spider-Man, but it wasn't yeah. PlayStation exclusive. It's just in there, yeah. which is dope. Um, and then my Xbox Bethesda predictions. Double Fine announces their next game on original IP. This got hurt by the 12-month caveat. Didn't happen. Uh, This one, I got half a point. The first half was wrong. At least two remakes, remasters, no GoldenEye, which was weird. Uh, But the second part, I said, and Persona comes to Xbox. Got it, so it's half a point. Well done. And then, so I have one point total. And the last one, gameplay revealed four. And I got three of the five right. I got Redfall, Starfield, Forza Motorsport, no Hellblade 2 and no Avowed. Once we heard the 12-month caveat, I was like, for sure we're not seeing a Yeah, Hellblade 2 was a bit like, uh, I could have seen that in the next 12 months. But yeah, so I got that one wrong as well. Now yours. Indie game predictions. Star Wars game developed by an indie studio we know. Nope. Uh, Not happened yet anyways. There's still time. That Nintendo Direct maybe. Second one. Legend of Zelda game made by non-Nintendo Studio. Also possible that Direct. Release date predictions. Elden Ring DLC releasing in October 2022. Probably not happening for the rest of the month, but hey, still viable. <laughs> and uh, another one that's still viable for this month: God of War Ragnarok gets dated November fourth, twenty twenty-two. Which there's the rumor that it is coming in November. Yeah. So If it's not the fourth, I'm still giving you the full point because November is close enough. Uh, Summer Game Fest predictions: Bioshock Four teaser, nope. Rogue Legacy two trailer for all its ports, nope. Uh, that was Persona Six. Yeah, exactly. Persona Six reveal, nope. But well, we did get Persona this weekend. And uh, Xbox as the predictions, trailer shown for Fable, gameplay shown, 12-month caveat, kind of screwed you there. Obsidian reveals Fallout New Vegas sequel, different city, 12-month caveat, screwed you there. Ubisoft Star Wars non-Jedi game, 12-month caveat, screwed you there as well. So, I think we were, our hearts were in the right place, and I don't think our things were off base, because we based it on what we knew this time of year was. We didn't expect it to be what it was this year, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to give us too much flock for that. So I'm currently sitting at one point total because I got two half points, and you're currently sitting at zero. We'll see what happens. It might stay that way. I don't know if we're going to get any of these other we're things right.
1: Get one thing right. Come on,
0: Rogue Legacy. Come on. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's it for this week's show. Thank you guys for listening. If you can, please follow us on Twitter individually. I'm at Jared white J E R R A D W Y C H E. Dom is at OB Dom Kenobi, but the O is the number zero, not the letter O. Shout out to Kenobi. What a good show. Uh, Collectively, you can follow us at Controlled Interest. That's at CTRLINT. On YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell notification so you never miss an episode of the podcast. Uh, Leave us a comment. Let us know what your favorite announcement was from this week and uh, what you're expecting for next year. Because one thing I didn't mention, Jeff Keighley announced that uh, Summer Game Fest will have both a digital event and an in-person thing to compete with E3 next year. So that's going to be exciting. I wonder if there is going to be... It might There might be a lot more announcements because these people are competing with one another to get your eyes to it. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, what else? Listen to us on your favorite podcast service. Just search us up. Controlled interest will pop right up. Whatever podcast service you listen to us on, please review the podcast. It helps us out. Hit that five star. Hit that plus. However, the podcast service you use reviews podcasts, Please help us out. Helps us grow and get more listeners. Other than that, we'll catch you guys next week. See you guys then.